0: Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message.
1: But it's good to have y'all here this morning. I, uh, I didn't got into the mood of asking questions because, you know, when you get college going, you ask questions. And uh, giving tests, seeing what people know. I think that's great. I love to do that. So we're going to have a little test this morning. Now, the Bible makes a statement that you're supposed to be able to give an answer to everyone that asks the reason of you. Why do you have this hope? Why do you believe what you believe? Or where do you find it in the Bible? All right. So we're going to start off with a real hard question, real hard question. All right, we're going to ask uh, Donna. Uh (laughs) Donna, in the Bible, somewhere in that Bible, 66 books in that Bible, where does it talk about Adam and Eve in the Bible. Genesis. Genesis! Hey, she wins the grand prize. See how easy that is? <laughs> the rest of them are not going to be quite that easy. But anyway, Adam and Eve, they were made, created by God, put into the Garden of Eden, and they messed up. They did something they should not have done. What in the world did they do that they should not have done? All righty, Jessica, what did they do? They sinned against God. They sinned against God. What did they do? They ate an apple? Yes, Eve ate the apple. <laughs> it was a banana cuz it had a peel. Had to have a peel. But we don't know what kind of fruit it was, but they disobeyed. And because they disobeyed God, what happened to them? He expelled them from the garden. I saw a picture one time where there was a uh, an angel driving a car. And Adam and Eve was in the car and he was driving them out of the garden. Because it says the angel drove them out of the garden. (laughs) I mean, it got to admit, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. And um, because of that, the whole human race messed up. And um, what is a dispensation? Somebody give me a definition of a dispensation. What is the word dispensation? What does it mean? Anybody got a clue? Anybody want to raise their hand? Yeah, Rob, Bob? Stewardship. Stewardship. Give me a little bit more. What? Yes.
0: It's a, a period of time where God deals with uh, somebody who has a the responsibility
1: toward God. All right, it's still a, a stewardship. And uh, I come from a Greek word, oh, a most, but it simply means that it's a uh, dispensing of a responsibility. God gave to us, in different periods of time, a responsibility, and there's always consequences. So we believe that in God planned the ages means that he took time and broke it down. And as you study the Bible, you see it says, in the process of time. Time has been processed. So we're going through, and that's why it came to pass. It came to pass, and something else came to pass. So we have dispensations, those are the different periods of time. Uh, some people say there's seven. Some say there's eight. I don't care how many you want to say they are. There's a whole bunch of them, and um, they always end up in a judgment, which means uh, they were disobedient in that period of time. God doesn't tell all of us to do exactly the same thing. For example, uh, Larry, God did not tell you not to eat the fruit of that one tree. He didn't because he, he he's not Adam, so it didn't apply to him it applied to those two people that were there, and they're the only ones that got that opportunity. But they failed that responsibility, and so time moves on, and people become wicked, do whatever they want to do. And so um, when God saw the imagination of people's heart that was evil continually, He said He was going to do something. What was the next big thing that God did, and what was His name that God used? Yes, sir, uh, Justin. Justin, are you awake yet, bud? Are you, are you with us so far? There's a next big thing that happened. The next big thing that happened. And what was his name? Noah. Hey, get the man a hand. Yes, Noah. So what did Noah do? What did God tell Noah to do? Hmm, I can't hear you. What did, uh, Tom back there. <laughs> build a raft. <laughs> I like the cruise line better. All right, so he told them to build a boat so they do it float. And um, all right, th- this is a very hard question. Okay, um, Randy, how many got on the boat? People, eight people, and uh, who are they? His immediate family. All right. Y'all buying all this? All right, there was eight people that got on the ark. And um, anybody know how long did it rain? How long did it rain? Anybody got a clue? How long did it rain? Forty days and forty nights? Huh? Forty days and forty nights. Forty days and forty nights. All right. And um, when the ark landed, was it Mount McKinley, or where was it at? Who knows where? Yes, uh, you had your hand up. Yes, Tyler. Where did they end up at? What mountain peak? You're not sure? Over there. Mount Ararat. You might have known a Jew would know that. Mount Ararat. And uh, they all came down off the mountain and it was a while and people spread out. And um, what was the name of this uh, group where they was going to get everybody together and they were going to build this big old tower? It was called the Tower of, uh, of, uh, yes, Tower of Babel. And what did the Lord do when he looked down and lo and behold he saw what they were doing and what did he do about the situation? Yes, Jesse. Knock down the tower, spread them out. Not, not <laughs> he, he messed up the language. He messed up the language. He up the language. <laughs> All right, he, <laughs> he established the various nations and the languages, and that's where they came from, and so they were spread out across the face of the earth. So now, time goes on, and God was going to call a man from the Earl of the Chaldees. He was going to make a special nation out of this man. But this man's name was, uh, what was this man's name? Uh, Yes. Abram. (laughs) Yes. Abram. But later his name was changed to what? Abraham. All right. And so, Abraham. And Abraham had a wife. And her name was Sarai, and later on became Sarah. All right, so we're we got a pretty smart bunch of people here, you know. So okay, we have um, Sarah. They, they, they were going to have a young man, but time went on and they didn't have one. They were supposed to have one, but they haven't had one yet. So, um, what did Sarah tell Abraham? To do what did Sarah tell Abraham to do? Yes. To go into her name. All right. And what was her name? Hagar. Very good. Her name was Hagar, and that she had a son, and called his name what? What did he call his name? Alex. No, didn't call his name Alex. I said.
0: <laughs>
1: Not yet. His name was called. Ishmael. His name was Ishmael. And so that wasn't the one that uh, God wanted to use. Abraham didn't see any problem with it, but God did. So how old was Abraham when he finally got his son through Sarah? And how old was he and what was the son's name? Yes, uh, back there, Gary. He was
0: 199?
1: All right, 99 years old, and what was the son's name? Isaac. All right, it was Isaac. And Isaac, well, he got um, married on down the road, and he um, he had a son. And, uh, well, he had two of them, didn't he? And those two sons was um, yes, what was the two sons named James, Esau and Jacob. Jacob and Esau. Jacob and Esau, which was the oldest? Esau, Esau was older. But uh, God says, the older shall serve the younger." And there's a reason for that, but that's another message they don't, I don't know. How many kids did Jacob have? How many kids did Jacob have? Al?:. (Laughter) Jacob had how many sons? Uh, Dara? Twelve. He had twelve sons. All right. Very good. And, and a daughter? All right. There were twelve sons. And these twelve sons became the nation of Israel. The nation of Israel was taken down into Egypt. And Joseph was already there. So whenever Jacob came down, about how many came down into Egypt to begin this incubation period where they became a great nation? How many went down into Egypt at this time? Yes, sir? Seventy people. And they were there for quite a spell. How many years were they down in Egypt before God sent Moses say, let my people go. How long were they down there approximately? Anybody know? 400 years, 400 years. And they came out, and what was the man's name that God used to bring them out? Charles. They were waiting for that. They were waiting for that. And what was Pharaoh's name? Your brother. All right. So now we know those names. All right. For reality, Tom, would you please tell us what was the man's name that God used to bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? Moses. Moses. Go down, Moses. (laughs) Y'all are a pretty lively group this morning. This is what happens when you get up early. Um, Okay, so we've got um, good things going on. We've got the nation coming out, and the first thing they had to do was they had to cross this little body of water. And um, it is called the the Dead Sea. Is that right? Not the Dead Sea? What is it? The Red Sea. And the Red Sea, was it deep enough? It was just some reeds. Was it deep enough that you could... Swallow up a whole army? Yes. And it did. And they drowned. So when the children of Israel got across, they had to go into the wilderness. And while they were in the wilderness, there was something that the Bible says that led them by day and something by night. What was those? Now, raise your hand now. What were those two things? Did anybody know? You raise your hand back in the back, too, if you want to. What were these two things? Yes. All right, a cloud by day, fire by night. And so, of course, a cloud could keep them protected from the hot sun and the fire could keep them warm at night. I mean, it got cold in the desert. I've been in the desert. So, um, but then they got hungry. Didn't they get hungry? They, they got hungry. And so um, if I was there and I had a choice of saying, Lord, this is what I want. It would have been a chocolate eclair. How many of y'all like chocolate eclairs? Aren't they good? And they're so good for you. Aren't they good for you? My wife lets me have one a year. Because they're so good for you. (laughs) Oh, I love them things. If there's any sin that's ever been created by a cook, that was it. And so... I guess, you know, got to have a little sin along the way. (laughs) I guess you're going to die down in the wilderness of sin. You know, that was in the Bible, too. So uh, they got something to eat. What was it called? What was it called? Raise your hand. What was it called? Uh, Mrs. Sizemore? Manna. Manna. Called manna. Manna from heaven. And God brought it along. But didn't it come to a time where they just got sick and tired of eating that same old food? It was meeting their needs, but they wanted something else. And, um, well, what, what did they want? They want some meat to eat. So did God give them their request? Was God pleased with their request? No. But he gave them something to eat. And what did he give them to eat? Randy? A whole bunch of birds. A whole bunch of birds. Yes, sir. Quail. quail. Gave them some quail to eat. And, you know, some people have a problem trying to out Now, was it really three feet deep? Or did they come in, you know, three feet high and they clubbed them to death? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't there. I didn't see how it happened. But I know that after a while, it says... They, it stunk, came out of the nostrils. They were just it had so much meat. And so they complained to the Lord. They, they always complained about not having water. I mean, here they were in the wilderness, and they wanted some nice, cool ice water, iced tea. You know, could just, all the iced tea. I mean, God, if you're going to make water, you could have made iced tea. But um, he, told, um, he told Moses to do something to get some water one time. He was told to um, do something to a rock. Anybody remember what he's told to do to a rock? Um, Yes, sir. Strike Strike the rock. Strike the rock. And if he strikes the rock, water came out and everybody got some water. Now, later on, they got thirsty again. And so they complained again. So, the next time, what did God tell Moses to do on how to get the water? Raise your hand. What did he tell him to do? Yes. Do what? Speak. Speak to the rock. And, of course, if that's what God told Moses to do, everybody knows that's what Moses did. He didn't. What did Moses do? Way back there in the black, the blonde headed lady. Yes. What did Moses do? I can't hear. He hit it again. And what was so wrong with that? There's two things wrong with it. One, God says, speak. And two, I believe it was a picture of Christ. The first time being struck, and he was the living water. And the second time, only to speak. Because we can be refreshed over and over again. So Christ, but only had to die one time. So anyway, that's a a, a spiritual application, but I believe that it may bear out. So we've gone through the wilderness. Now, time has passed. Years have passed. Why did so many people have to die in the wilderness? So many of them had to die from 20 years old and upward, except Joshua and Caleb, everybody died. Why? What wrong had they done? What wrong had they done? Tom? Because they did not believe what God had said, but they understand people in the ah, oh,
0: this giants did in the land. We scared them. But uh Joshua David was really in the land and said that God would help him
1: take care of it. They were supposed to they were just going to land, spy the land, they came back, and they said there were giants in the land, and we are in their sight as grasshoppers. And so, therefore, we can't go in. Ten of them came back with an evil report. But Joshua and Caleb says, we can take the land. We ought to do it. So God let Joshua and Caleb go in. All the rest of the people, they, called, they turned to the people. They all rebelled and whined and pined and moaned and groaned against God. And so God says, your carcass is going to die in the wilderness. And 40 years later, he had a new crop to go into the land. And they was going to go in. And the first thing they had to do was they had to cross that little river Jordan and... Uh, and Moses led him across the River Jordan into the fight, the Battle of Jericho. Is that right? He didn't do it? Well, who did he get? Benjamin Netanyahu! Yeah, he'd have been a good man. You know, I like that guy. I really do. He would have been a good president of the United States. <laughs> but anyway, where are we? Oh, yeah, we're trying to get into the land of... Uh, yeah. Now... Who uh, who who led the children of Israel in into the promised land? There was somebody special. Somebody got their cell phone on. That was the Lord. Lord calling. He has the answer. <laughs> Lord's calling in the answer. Can I make a phone call? <laughs> Is that your final answer? Yes, uh, Gary. What? Who was that? That was Joshua. Joshua, now his name is also is Jesus, and you'll see that in the book of Hebrews in chapter 3, and also chapter, chapter 4, where he talks about that. But anyway, uh, Joshua led them into the land, and the first place they had to go was the final battle of battle of Jericho. And you won't believe this, but somebody says, the walls fell down. And all they had to do was walk around it and blow the and shout and trumpets and all that kind of stuff. Would you believe that? It happened. This one of the boys goes home and says, Mom, you won't believe what I learned in Sunday school today. He says, there they were. And the children of Israel were going to come out of Egypt. And says, Moses got together and the girls just built this great big old boat. And they had these machine guns and the Pharaoh's army was coming across after him. And they were shooting him and trying to kill him and all out there. And they finally they got on the other side and they burnt the ark and so on. said, that's not what happened. She said, yeah, but if I tell you what really happened, you wouldn't believe it. (laughs) So we do believe that the stories in the Bible are true and that God had made some promises, And he told the children of Israel that if you, if you will obey me, I will put none of the diseases of the Egyptians upon you and I will protect you in the land and so forth. But if you rebel against me, What's he going to do? What would he do if the children of Israel rebelled against him? Anybody have a clue? What would happen to them if they rebelled against him? They would be taken out of the land. God would use other nations as a rod to bring them in and whoop his children, and then God would use somebody else to whoop them. Then somebody else to whoop them. God just does a lot of whooping when you get right down to it. So God made some promises that somebody's going to come and be born that would solve all the problems, all the ills of all the world. One last, great, big, final hope of all mankind. The desire of nations come, desire of nations come. It's even in song. But who was this individual that's supposed to come and be like a prophet Moses? In Deuteronomy chapter 18, anybody got a clue who that might be? Who?
0: Emmanuel.
1: Emmanuel, Christ Himself. Now, where does it say in the Bible that um, something along this line? Uh, Therefore, um, a uh, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Where is that found in the Bible? Where is it found in the Bible? If you know, just raise your hand. Yes, James. Amen. Isaiah seven fourteen and when the Bible says along the line, and the government shall be upon his shoulders and uh, his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Prince of Peace, the Everlasting Father, well, where, where's that found at? Where, yes, uh, Jesse. Not all at once. Just yeah. where's it found? Isaiah. Isaiah hey, we, we're fifty percent there. <laughs> Isaiah, what? 9-6, very good. So we know where that's going to take place. Now, where is this found? But thou Bethlehem Ephetah, though thou be little among the thousands of Judea, yet out of thee shall he come forth that it be ruler in Israel, who have gone forth of old... Where is it found? He gets the little hard ones, and he can't remember the easy ones. Micah chapter 5 and verse 2. So that's talking about Jesus Christ and where he's going to be born. And all those things happen, just like the Lord says. Now, God gave to Moses something on Mount Sinai called the Ten Suggestions. What was it called? The Ten Commandments. And um, (laughs) Ten Suggestions, I like that. But I saw that on the sign. Somebody put it up on there and some, uh, some big guy that must have a lot of money just put signs up all over America, I think. And there's a little quote, something, something like that. And another one I saw one time, it says, uh, don't make me come down there, God. <laughs> I, I like that one too, don't make me come down there. I like to tell the people in church while I'm up here preaching, don't make me come down here." <laughs> There'd be some big old guy sitting there, come on. on. I said, get him, man, man, you could get him. So you want to fight me, buddy? I say, said, yeah, this is me, buddy. But when you start studying the Bible, it, remember, that there's a flow. It's a, it's, one, it's, it's a multitude of little stories, but there's one big story that goes through all of it. There's one theme that goes through the whole Bible and everything about Christ. So everything is focused toward Christ and everything is about Christ. History is his story. It's a story about what God is doing and we talk about, and we said this before, you know, David and Goliath. It's not David and Goliath, it's David and the Lord. It's not Daniel in the lion's den, it's Daniel and the Lord. It's what happened between Daniel and the Lord and a, a couple of lions that happened to get in the way. So there's always stories. Your whole life is a story about you and God, you and God, or you and without God. You trust in God and you not trust in God. So all the stories in the Bible is about you and God. And your whole life is about you and God. Whether or not does God have any part in your life without God, with God. But it's a, it's a good way to look at it. So we know that the thing is true. All these things, it talks about Christ in the Old Testament. Where does it say in the Old Testament concerning Jesus Christ when David may have said it? When he um, says something along the line, Thou wilt not leave my soul in hell nor shall my flesh see corruption. It's in the Old Testament now. But where is that found? Because it's recorded even in the book of Acts in chapter 2, referring back to this scripture. And what is it talking about? James? Psalm 16. 10. Psalm 16, and it's referring to who? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Telling when he would come back from the dead that his flesh would not see corruption. Another thing, uh, somewhere in the Bible it makes a statement that uh, they pierced his hands and his feet. And they cast garments, and uh, uh, they gambled for his cloak and so forth at the foot of the cross in the Old Testament. But where is that portion of Scripture found? Nobody in here knows? Psalms 22? Psalms 22. That is a very good psalm. It's an awesome psalm, and you read that whole thing, and my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? It's a picture of Christ on the cross. Would take my place.
0: Do you have to be baptized in water to be saved and go to heaven? Would that make the person who baptized you your Savior? There are at least five baptisms in the Bible. Which one gets you to heaven? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel-Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 Westwaters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com. amazes me